You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning, everyone. It is a joy to have you with us on this Father's Day. My name is Nick. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are so grateful for all the dads here in the house, those watching online or one of the shelters. We're just grateful for the impact you've had. And uh, as a father myself and uh, as a person who had a wonderful father, I'm, I feel very fortunate and blessed. And whether you have a dad in your life or not, there are so many people that have invested in each of us. And uh, I wanna take a minute here this morning and, 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 uh, and pray. Before we do that, though, I just wanna mention two things. Uh, first of all, for dads, as you heard, uh, we've got cupcakes for you. Beloved Bakes, which is one of our Calvary Cares projects this, this year, uh, has provided those cupcakes, and we're so grateful for uh, what they are doing in our community and uh, to be part of that. Uh, but also, next, uh, next, next week, this coming Saturday, we have something called the Big Serve, which is an amazing opportunity to serve our community. We have projects all over North Huntington and Irwin uh, to give back. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, I encourage you to check it out. Go to connect.calvaryirwin.com, click events, and there's a lot of different opportunities to serve from uh, pulling weeds to cleaning to fixing things, and uh, there's something literally for every age. And uh, it's gonna be an amazing day that we get to serve our community and we'll culminate here at uh, the church with a big cookout. So uh, if you haven't signed up, you get a free shirt and uh, really take an opportunity just in the morning on uh, this Saturday to serve our community. Last thing in, in two weeks is our summer baptisms and uh, we're gonna be celebrating those who are taking that step of baptism. So if you haven't signed up for that and, uh, and you've, you've made that commitment to follow Jesus, man, sign up today is a great opportunity to celebrate. And before we jump into God's word this morning, I wanna take a minute and pray. And uh, we did this, our, our staff prayer this morning. We gather as a staff every Sunday and, and take time to pray. And uh, uh, so often we get uh, hung up on what we're doing and what we're accomplishing. We forget the people that have invested in our lives. And today is Father's Day, but more than just dads, there are people in each of our lives that have invested in us, that have sacrificed for us, that have pushed us and challenged us. And uh, if we're not careful, we can forget that we're not the center of the universe, but ultimately it's the people who have pushed us and challenged us and encouraged us and and invested in us. And, And before we jump into God's word this morning, I wanna take a moment and just uh, have a, a time of prayer of thanksgiving. And, and as I'm praying, I would encourage you just to take a m- few moments and thank God for the people who have poured into your life, the people who have invested in your life. Say their name, say their name to God. God, thank you for such and such, for the investment they've made in my life, for how they've uh, believed in me. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a boss, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a neighbor. The people who have invested in your life that have brought you to this place. Uh, if, if we're not careful, we forget about that. We move on and we're Americans and, and sometimes we believe this lie that it's all about what I can do and what I can accomplish, but it's not. It's about what we can do together. And there are a lot of we's that have brought us to this place, a lot of people who have invested in us. So let's just take a, a brief moment this morning and give thanks, whether you're here in person, watching online, one of the shelters, we, we just wanna be grateful for the people who have invested in our lives and sacrificed for us. So let's just take a moment, if you could bow your heads with me. God, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for the men and the women that have invested in our lives, have sacrificed for us. Lord, whether we had parents in our lives, grandparents, family members or not. God, I thank you for, for, for those 
that maybe in, in, in big moments, in big ways, and sometimes even in small ways or unexpected ways, have believed in us, have invested in us, have encouraged us and sacrificed for us, have prayed for us and, and been there to cheer us on. God, I thank you for the people that have helped us get to where we are today. God, even people who maybe we're not satisfied with where we are today. Maybe right where we are right now is a difficult place, but God, I thank you for the people who, who have yet to give up on us, who haven't given up on us, haven't walked away from us. God, are still there. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to recognize the gratitude, the gratefulness, Lord, that, that uh, we should possess because of those who, who are there to, to, to be in our corner. Lord, I thank you for so many, Lord, that have helped us and strengthened us. God, bless those who have blessed us. God, in this moment, we just speak Jesus, as we sang this morning, over them. Bless them, Lord. God, I pray, as your word says, that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. God, refresh them today. God, for the investment they've made into each of our lives. Thank you, God, for the teachers and the parents. God, for the coworkers and the friends. God, for the bosses and supervisors, for the neighbors. God, for even the, the strangers who have uh, believed in us and invested in us and, and encouraged us. God, bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you for being with us today, and we have an exciting day. We're gonna have a little panel up here in a, in a few minutes, but wanted to kind of explain kind of where we're going. You know, in the middle of this uh, month, through this month, we're going through a series called uh, Talking About My Generation. We've been talking about how the generations work together in the church and outside the church, and you know, on this Father's Day, we, we reflect oftentimes, as we do on Mother's Day, on all that we've been blessed with, maybe from a father, from a mother, others of us, maybe we, we reflect on what we did not receive or the part we wish a parent maybe had played in our lives but, but, but didn't. These holidays can represent such a dichotomy of emotions that uh, I don't think we should ignore. I believe uh, our emotions and our feelings and, and our response in these moments play an important part in our growth and especially in our spiritual development. Whether we had something great or we didn't, this is because the people we're in relationship with, especially those who we call family, can have a massive, massive part to play in our spiritual growth and our development. That's why we took so much time this last month to dive into what spiritual community actually looks like and, 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 and the importance and value of it and how we can be part of it and, and why we're taking time this month to talk about how the generations work together and, and the unique part that we can play in each other's lives. Uh, because it's not simply about maintaining peace. It's not about working cooperatively or even just uh, keeping everybody happy. In the end, we desperately need each other to grow. And, and we don't just need to endure each other, but we need each other to, to encourage us and to push us. From, from the beginning uh, of, of, the, of the early church in the first century, this concept of, of different generations working together was already present. From the very inception of the church, uh, we didn't just see one generation like, just the young kids are taking care of this. No, it was every generation. One of the great examples of this is, a, is found in the, in the life of a man named Timothy. And Timothy was a young man who grew up in the Macedonian city of Lystra. And Timothy's parents, uh, what we know about him was they were not on the same page spiritually. Uh, we understand this, that, that his father had very little influence on his spiritual life. Uh, we know this because in the book of Acts, it records that his mother, in Acts chapter 16, verse one, his mother was uh, a believer, but his father was Greek. And, and not that Greeks are bad, but that was a, uh, a way that the author of Acts, who was Luke, uh, let us know that, that 
Timothy's mother and father were not on the same page spiritually. What we do know is that Timothy's mother and his grandmother uh, invested in him, raised him up in the faith. And then as a young man, he learned to follow Jesus. And and as he was learning from his mother and his, his grandmother what it means to follow Jesus, this guy named Paul comes to Lystra, comes to his hometown. And as he meets Paul, Timothy feels compelled to go with him, to go with Paul on his missionary journeys. And this incredible spiritual father-son relationship begins between Paul and Timothy. God seems to have used Paul to play a pretty substantial role in Timothy's life, even though uh, Paul wasn't Timothy's biological father. Paul would refer to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 1-2 as his true child in the faith. His true child in the faith Uh, A remarkable statement for for Paul to make. Uh, Author John Stott, uh, he comments that if you're not familiar in the New Testament, most of the New Testament is written in Greek. And uh, sometimes when it's translated to English, we miss some of the deeper meaning of what was said or what was communicated. Uh, English doesn't have the same level of depth sometimes that that Greek has. And and when when Paul said that he was a true child, the word true there is the Greek word nisios, and nisios is, is, uh, means, you know, we translate it true or genuine, but it was literally used to speak of children who were either born in wedlock or children who were born legitimately, who were legitimate children. Uh, now, this is important because it's very possible that Paul here is hinting at the circumstances around Timothy's birth. Uh, since his father was a Greek, Jewish law would have regarded Timothy as illegitimate. And Paul here is stating that Timothy, Timothy is his true child in the faith, that that he is making him a legitimate child, that he is a legitimate spiritual father to Timothy. The story of Timothy is such an amazing picture of the investment and the difference that we can make whether we have biological children or not. Maybe you have biological children, maybe you don't. Whether that's your choice or or a choice that you didn't make. Uh, Maybe your children are grown. In either situation, the story of Paul and Timothy is an incredible example of the impact that we can make on the next generation. Whether you have children or not, being a father, being a mother, being a parent isn't just about giving birth and raising a child as your own, but also it's about investing in that next generation. So Timothy's upbringing, we understand from from scripture, wasn't perfect. He didn't grow up in a perfect home. Imagine being Timothy, growing up in a divided home, growing up in a faith that had been imparted to him by his mother and grandmother, then stepping out to pursue this adventurous calling for ministry. And and as he does this, Paul would eventually appoint Timothy as the pastor of one of the churches that Paul started in the city of Ephesus. And while Timothy began leading the church, uh, Paul would write letters to Timothy to encourage him, to continue to coach him, to, to, to help him lead the church well. And he would write Two letters that we have record of that we know today as the books of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible. Letters uh, like these written by apostles are referred to as epistles. Now, one of the the common traits of epistles in the first century is these epistles, these letters written by apostles would be read publicly in the church. In fact, Paul encouraged this in his first letter to, to, to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.13. Paul, Paul wrote this, he said, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to the preaching and to teaching. And he encouraged, uh, hey, read what I'm read, writing to you. This isn't just a personal letter. 
This isn't a letter that's just meant for you. That's why it, today it's scripture, because it wasn't just meant for Timothy. And he would read that publicly. So it wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility that Timothy may have read Paul's letter that Paul had written to Timothy publicly there in the church in Ephesus. And, and as we talk about the role of the different generations in the church today, I wanna read the opening of the second letter Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy, uh, as he writes about him being his spiritual son. Now imagine Timothy standing in front of this congregation, this church that he now pastors, reading the words that Paul wrote to him. Imagine how those must have landed for Timothy. Uh, put yourself, if you can, into his shoes. First century, Timothy's grown up in this divided home. And not only has he grown up in a divided home, now he's pastoring this church in Ephesus. And he's reading publicly the words Paul had written to him. Here's, here's what Paul wrote. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, now this statement, these two verses are very common greetings that Paul would include in his letters. In fact, most of the epistles you see some kind of opening. We maybe today would write, dear such and such, or, or hey such and such, if it's informal. But we have a greeting. Uh, this was his greeting. To, to basically start the letter. In verse three, <clears throat> he said, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Think about how important this must have meant to Timothy, a, a, a young man who grew up in a home where his father would have never said those words to him. He would have never heard those words from, from a, a man in his home. And Paul is saying, I thank God on your behalf. We forget the power of our words. You, you might see that young kid at work or in your neighborhood and, and you know they, they, they're living in a single parent home. You don't understand the impact that your words can have on that child. It might just be in passing, but you're just saying, man, you're doing a great job. Man, I love watching you play basketball out here. I, I love watching you ride your bike. You're so good at this. The, those simple words carry so much weight. This is what Paul is doing for Timothy. He's saying, I thank God. I, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Verse four, recalling your tears, understanding that Timothy was experienced pain, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. And listen to this. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois. I always love that verse because I have a grandmother named Lois. I, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. What's Paul doing? He's speaking something into Timothy's life here. You have a, a lineage. You have a heritage that was started from your grandmother. Don't forsake that. It's in you now. In verse six, this is kind of where we're gonna focus on today. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. That, that something was imparted to you, Timothy, when I laid hands on you, I prayed over you. You are a spiritual son. You are a true child of the faith to me. One of the amazing things we see in this passage is, is the most important role that I wanna talk about that, that any of us can play in someone's life. As we talk about the generations interacting, parents investing in their children, spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers, raising up spiritual sons and daughters, this one thing we see evidence of in these verses is I believe the most important practice anyone can have 
for someone in another generation. It's not asking good questions or, or simply uh, being a good listener or just being curious, although all of those can be really important. Those can be really healthy practices. This is a simple thought. When we, we take on the most significant role in someone's life when we pray for them. You take on the most significant role in someone's life when you pray for them. We could go through all the statistics and, and studies on the impact of having a fatherly influence in a child's life, the effect of having godly men and women in a child's life or a person's life. But beyond all of that, the biggest impact is not made simply by following five steps or taking certain approaches. The biggest impact, the most important role we can play in someone's life is when we can pray for them. Paul says this in verse six of 1 Timothy 1, of First Timothy, uh, Second Timothy one, he said, "For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands." He's talking about the moments he's prayed for Timothy. What a gift we are given through the power of God when, when we are able to share it with those who are older than us or those who are younger than us. Sometimes we think, well, if I'm younger, I, I can't share that with those older than us, but, but, but that's not true. Paul, Paul would encourage Timothy in this in 1 Timothy 4. He said, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. You might be younger, but you can still pray for those who are older. There's this idea that's become more popular in the last 10 years called reverse mentoring. Such an incredible concept where the young can mentor the old and the old can mentor the young. Just because you're younger, don't let that stop you from praying for those older, whether it be your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, bosses, supervisors. The older person at work, take time to pray for them. That young kid that moved into the neighborhood, take time to pray for them. And we're not talking simply about some obligatory thing that we do like to increase our religious, religious meter in heaven. Like if I can just pray and do my like due diligence, like God will be honored more. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about tapping into this supernatural resource through prayer on behalf of those who might be different than us. Being willing to say, God, I wanna tap in to your powerful working power. Maybe, maybe you struggle to relate with what, what, what others have experienced or what they're currently experiencing. But one thing you can do that's so powerful is you can pray for them. I promise you the Holy Spirit knows what they're walking through. He knows what they're experiencing. And today, we want to explore this idea that we take on the most significant role in someone's life when we pray for them. And uh, I wanna, we're going to take a minute, some, some time here this morning and talk about this. And I want to invite uh, some guests up. They're not really guests, but you guys know them. Mike Israel and Jason Weaver, Pastor Jason Weaver and Pastor Michael Cole. They're dads, granddads, stepdads. And uh, we want to talk through practically, what does this mean? What does this look like? Uh, not just as a dad, as a person. So welcome, guys. Can you give it, give it up for them this morning? I got them all t-shirts. You can figure out which one's the grand, granddad, grandpa. What does that mean? No. I was gonna say Michael, right? No, no, just kidding. That's a surprise to me then. Uh. <laughs> um, so thank you guys. Thanks for, uh, for being part of this. Uh, can you just introduce yourself and how many kids and all that stuff you have? Well, my name is Mike Israel. Um, I've been coming to Calvary for a long time. I have, uh, I have four children. Is that, you know, I, I have, 
I have one child and three stepchild, but you know what? I don't want to think of it like yeah. that. Those are my kids. Yep. And um, so I have four kids. Yes. And grandkids. And two grandkids. Two grandkids. Yep. And as you can see on his shirt, Mike is a big gamer. I am. Loves his video games. I can't help it. It's good. It's good. And my grandkids will get in there with me too. So there's, it's, so, side note, there's some Sundays that Mike tucks his phone into his closet and just lets it run as his game is going during church. That's just to tell the box that. <laughs> but you just kind of tuck it away. I'm just saying, you love the game. There's nothing wrong with that. Is it like, is there's that like nothing Sim City? No, it's not like Sim City at all. <laughs> just like building cities? You're ridiculous. Sorry. Uh, my name is Michael, and uh, I have the privilege of being a father to my beautiful daughter, Emma. She is four months. At the end of the month, she it's is your first Father's Day. Five months. First Father's Happy Day. Happy Father's, Father's Day. Father's Day. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Jason, um, and I have uh, two boys, uh, Colin, who's running camera back there, which is awesome, and, and uh, Nathaniel, who I believe is helping mom up in the booth up there too today. So we're... So we like Jason, Jason and Michael, uh, what was the most unexpected aspect of becoming a father for you? Most unexpected aspect. Um, I have a lot because we're currently living this. Like, you know, we're in just yeah. this four-month, five-month stage. Uh, I would say the, the most unexpected aspect of being a, a parent for me is all the other stuff that comes along with being a parent. And leading up to Emma being born, we were told that, you know, bank your sleep, bank your sleep, get the sleep now, blah, blah, blah. Side note, if we can bank sleep, I want to take a withdrawal, like currently. <laughs> I would love to withdraw that sleep. But it's all the other stuff that comes with being a, a parent. You know, they, they never talk about, or, or at least to my knowledge, no one ever shared with me. If you are married or you're blessed to be in a relationship, adding a third person to a two-person relationship, the dynamic that, 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 that adds to your relationship. Yeah. All the tension and just all of the... All of the things that you were off on. Previous to Emma, we were pretty much in sync. And for the last couple of months, just being really transparent, there are some weeks that we feel like ships passing in the night because we are just off a little bit because yeah. our, our attentionality, our, our energy, our effort is now towards our daughter, which rightfully so, she's only four months old. But just all the other stuff that comes along with being a parent that nobody really talks about. That's good. Jason? Uh, yeah, I was having a hard time uh, when you sent us questions thinking of that, I think just because of time, it's not so fresh. But I think I'd echo the last thing that he said actually is just like the, the change in, in marriage, um, which I think reflecting over time is like parenting really moves you to being partners, you know, um, especially in our culture, you know, where we tend to be like financially independent already and then we get together, you know, and uh, just stare into each other's eyes and then you're like, oh, I got a kid to take care of now. Um, so you, I think parenting moves marriage a little bit more shoulder to shoulder than face to face all the time. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think, something that God put in place as yeah. part of that. That's good. Mike, what, what about you? What was the most unexpected aspect of being a grandfather? Being grandfather? Grand, being grandpa. Um, you know, the most unexpected thing is, is the, the uh, 
the relationship I have with, with, with my granddaughters, that especially the older one, uh, the younger one hasn't been introduced yet, but my older granddaughter loves chocolate as much as I do. So it's great. Even if we're not together, she goes out and she remembers to bring me some. That's so good. And I do the same with her. Good deal right Very there. Very unexpected, but wonderful. How, how, how has becoming a father, uh, becoming a parent, uh, impacted your walk with Jesus? Well, honestly, um, thank goodness we have that relationship with Jesus because it's, it's not always easy. Um, raising kids is a challenge um, and just, you know, it, it just is. And having that foundation and that, that peace in your heart that everything's going to be okay because we trust in our Savior um, really made a difference. And I really think it impacted our kids too because we weren't afraid to... to to say, hey, you know what, why don't we spend a little time in prayer about this yeah. before we make some rash decisions? Or why don't we, you know, um, look, why don't we look at what the Bible tells us? You know, this is what we believe in. Let's follow this. Jason? Uh, I think uh, the perspective of God's love, of unconditional love, it's just like, it's something you can tell someone about. Like I could like tell, you know, pre-parent Jason about it, but it wouldn't, you can't, it's not just a thing that you know, it's a thing that you feel, you know, when you have the first child and you're like, oh, unconditional love and like looking at them as a father. And then the verse, you know, verses like where Jesus is like, hey, uh, you know, look at how fathers and mothers provide for their children here on earth. So won't your heavenly father provide for you even more? It's like, I understand that in my heart, not just my head. Gives you another picture of what God does for us. The question was how how has being a parent affected my relationship with Jesus? Correct. Yeah, yep. uh, I would say uh, positively and negatively, and I'll get to the negative side of things. But uh, positively, I would echo what what Pastor Jason mentioned is seeing my daughter for the first time in the hospital. I, I understood the love of a heavenly Father more real than ever before in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I understood that from a, a vantage point of now her earthly father. And second to that is I saw the miracle of life, like from conception to birth of everything that went on in my wife's body to prepare and preparing me, which wasn't a lot, just making sure my wife was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think yours changed a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> we're going to continue. So... Uh, Dad bod, hashtag dad bod. They say that you gain sympathy weight during pregnancy. I'm here with you. Thank you. Uh, can we pray an end? Um, uh, the negative side of things, uh, just being really honest and really transparent, uh, finding my rhythm now to spend quiet time with the Lord is really difficult. Yeah. Like, because all of our rhythms, all of our routines, all of our habits pre-Emma is now changed drastically and changed in the greatest way possible. But they're changed and they're different. So now it's for me, even being more intentional, take off the pastor hat, even being more intentional to spend time with the Lord, either before Emma wakes up, before they go to bed, like just being really intentional in I'm still working through that. Like I'm still working through my, my rhythm of, of devotional time with the Lord, but it was a huge change. And for the first month or so, 
I was just really down on myself of like, man, I haven't opened my Bible in a couple of days. I haven't prayed in a couple of days. But it's just being aware that, hey, there are some things I need to work through. And those are the things that I'm just still working through. So positively, I understand God's love on a greater level, deeper level. But negatively, it's just our rhythms have just been changed. And it's just being aware of our, of our rhythms. For, for Jason and Mike here, uh, this wouldn't apply as much to you so yet. How have you intentionally cultivated uh, your kids or grandkids uh, walk with Jesus? How have you tried to cultivate that in their, in their lives? Well, you know, my, my, our youngest son, it was kind of cool because we, as we were kind of raising him in the church and, and uh, leading him to Christ, um, I came from a family who uh, my father was Jewish and my mother w- was Christian and my father did not believe at all. And no matter what we did, um, we couldn't kind of convince him to come to church. We couldn't get him to come into any activities. But one day, our youngest son, he was probably only about five years old, we sat down at the dinner table and, you know, we always prayed before dinner. And my dad started eating and my five-year-old son said, Grandpa, we didn't pray yet. <laughs> and it was like, it was a pivotal moment and, and it made me realize that all that time spent with my son praying and, and, and you know, getting him to church and getting him involved in things, uh, it paid off right in that one moment. That's good, that's good. Jason? Uh, yeah, I'm a pastor, so the right answer is bring them to church, right? But um, uh, no, I mean, that, that has been something, I think, for my wife and I, you know, value of serving together in, in church has always been a value in our marriage and our lives, like how we met and everything. And so, uh, you know, obviously as being busy doing things here, we've, you know, tried to get our kids involved in doing in serving and being with us. Um, you know, uh, obviously we're also thankful for, to be a part of a church that cares about developing kids and has a great kids program. Um, and then I think I'm a person, I'm, I'm not as good as I should be about like having a list and having a plan of being like, we're going to sit down and do this every day and do that every day. Um, which is, I don't know, partially personal weakness and like wiring. So I tend to, I don't know, just be more organic. You know what I mean? That it's like what we're doing, you know, day to day is that letting your children see that that's important in your life and, you know, having conversations and yeah, I mean, praying with them whenever, um, there's something on their mind or their heart, you know, of teaching them to go to that too. Anyone can answer this. How, how, uh, what part did uh, someone older play, someone older in the church play in your, in your spiritual growth? So someone older in the church, what part did they play in your own spiritual growth? Uh, I'll answer first. Uh, I was kind of processing all these questions as well and uh, reflecting on this question in particular, uh, I'm new to my faith, so 2016 is my date of salvation. Um, so as a, as a Christian, I'm about seven and a half years old. Um, but throughout my journey of, of Calvary, there's been really three pivotal people that have played a part in my journey, excluding staff. You're obviously one of them. But the three are uh, the man to my left, which is now my stepdad. He was the first individual that I got connected to at Calvary. And I remember vividly, I think it was early 2016, uh, kind of roughly in that time frame, 
we were over there in the corner on the right during uh, prayer time, and I came up and asked for prayer. And you were the person that prayed for me. April 17th, 2016, you also baptized me right behind me, which is a, a pretty remarkable thing. Second piece to that for award. For me too. Huh? That's a, that's a great time for me too. Yeah. Uh, the second uh, person uh, would be your dad. Your dad was uh, such a remarkable man of God. And I only knew your dad for about a year and a half, but just the wisdom and the insight that he had was so remarkable. And um, the, the year that he passed, I was gonna intern with your dad and I was gonna learn just his wealth and wealth of wisdom and uh, circumstances changed. And then the last one was, was Chad and Heather Singleton, which I've talked about them before on, on the platform, but they were a young adult life group leader for uh, myself and about three or four others. But they were a, a middle 30-ish couple. Uh, I was in my early 20s, but they modeled what, what a, a Christ-centered marriage looked like for me. I was single at the time, but I still saw their, their day-to-day walk of having a gospel-centered marriage. Yeah. And I wouldn't be here. I mean, you're in that journey as well. Jason's in the journey as well. I wouldn't be here without those pivotal people in my journey of following Christ. When you, when you think about the moment you gave your life to Jesus, who do you think were the people praying for you? Like who, when you, when you committed your life to Jesus, uh, who was that an answer, answer to prayer for? Does that make sense? My mom. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What you, Mike? Grandma Pearl. Grandma Pearl. I know she, she prayed for us uh, all her life. Yeah. And uh, I remember when uh, we told her that we had started attending church, you could just see the, the tears in her eyes mm. that her prayers were answered. It was a beautiful thing. What you, Jason? Uh, my parents. I mean, I came to know Jesus when I was like four. I don't even remember it. So it was definitely my parents. Sometimes we, we forget there are so many people that have prayed, even at four, prayed for, for you know, when I, I remember when my, well, the night before Zach was born, we were getting uh, induced. Heidi was getting induced. I wasn't, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We'd be having a different conversation. But Heidi was getting induced because um, Zach was, you know, working in his timing, which he still does, and uh, was coming late. And uh, which he still does, but um, I remember that night uh, I couldn't sleep, and I got up and uh, it was probably one or two in the morning and went to his room, what was going to be his bedroom, and just started praying for him, and just spent probably an hour or more just praying for him, and uh, to see him commit his life to Christ and get baptized now is one of the greatest joys as a father because it was an answer. And, and completely to answer prayer. And I think uh, there's, in each of us up here, there are different people that have prayed for us, that have uh, helped us get to where we are. Uh, how has prayer impacted your role as a parent or as a grandparent? Well, I'll answer. Um, prayer is everything. Um, we, when we can't be there for the grandchildren because you know, they're, they're far away or whatever. Just letting them know that we're praying with them, just letting them know that our hearts are connected with theirs. And I think it makes all the world a yeah. difference. And we've seen the answer to prayers yeah. many times. It's good. Uh, 
would say I wouldn't have survived without it, <laughs> without prayer. Um, you know, I mean, I remember the first first son being born, and you know, part of it just being like, how are we gonna, you know, financially get things worked out, and all these things, and uh, I just remember, you know, praying about that, and just God reminding me that like He's, you know promise to provide for me and that includes you know includes my son and um yeah and then two I mean with our our second son we had we went through a series of of miscarriages before so so um you know praying through that was huge and then um you know having our second son was an answer to to prayer and then um he also was a very strong child, creative and strong. Nathaniel, we love you. And we said, thank you, God, for this child. And then he said, yeah, and he's going to have you continue to pray. Um, so, but, um, yeah. Ask the question again, I'm sorry. So what, uh, what's, what's, how's prayer impacted your role as a parent? I'm going to echo both of them. Uh, Echo their echo. Echo their echo, yes. Um, but I, this isn't cliche. Literally, prayer is everything in this particular season of my life. And if you have kids or if you are in the process of trying to have kids, prayer is, is everything in that particular season of your life. You know, at four months or five months, our daughter's now hit kind of sleep regression. So she's not sleeping enough. And so she's just up and the last two nights have been really exhausting. And on my own, in my own flesh, I would fail as my wife's husband and as Emma's father. Mm. I would. I would get anger faster or angry faster. I would get frustrated quicker. I would get uh, short-tempered. All of the negative emotions surrounding those things. Exhaustion is a real thing, so you are quicker to everything when you're exhausted. If I didn't have prayer, I would be miserable. And I think my wife and my daughter would be miserable as well. We live four minutes from the church, and every time I go home, I just pray uh, a very simple prayer of just, in essence, is whatever I walk through in that day, it's not my wife or my daughter's fault. To just release that weight of what I've walked through that day, whether it's a meeting, a conversation, whatever the case may be, that it's not their fault. That I need to be present in that moment. I need to be patient with them. I need to be loving. That I need to be all of those uh, fruits of the Spirit, right? Yeah. And prayer is the catalyst for that to happen. So prayer literally is everything. That's good. Now, what we've talked about today, you know, if we're not careful, is just about parenting. But it's so much more than that. How do you see some of these things we're talking about play out for someone who doesn't have kids? Someone whose kids aren't home or maybe has never had kids. How, how does that, is this just about being a good dad or being a good parent? Or, or is there something more than that? Can any of this, can, can any of this actually uh, be a challenge for any of us, whether we have kids or not? I would argue yes. And the reason I would argue yes is uh, the entire series that we were walking through is talking about my generation. Yeah. That whether you have kids or not, I, I think we are all entrusted and I think challenged to invest in the next generation. And that the, the next generation could be a generation that's younger than you, but it could also be a generation that's older than you. 
And we always talk about the, the three T's, the time, talent, treasure. But I would argue that of generationally speaking, I think your time is the most important out of all three of those. Yeah, yeah your, your treasure is awesome. If you're fortunate to be financially free to, to bless uh, other individuals and family members, uh, I think your, your, your treasure with, or, I'm sorry, your talent with your gifts and, and your abilities, like investing in that as well. But I think your time, we, uh, this is my perspective of a four month old daughter, but we live in a culture that is so go, 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 go. And it's very rare to find somebody that actually stops and is present with the other person. So I think we are all challenged to be present with your time. And it's not just about being a parent or it's not just about being a spiritual father or a spiritual mother, but I would argue that you are to be present with your time. And I think that's how generations can learn from each other, can grow, but ultimately how you can actually set up the next generation to live how how God has created them to be, not a better version of yourself. That's good. Well, um, connecting kind of back to your earlier question about like, you know, uh, uh, older generation, it's affected me, you know, um, I have more than I can like list of, of that answer. And, you know, I was just blessed to grow up in a good church that had, um, definitely had a, a strong sense of, of investing into the next generation. I had, you know, um, great kids pastor. I had a fantastic youth pastor who, um, you know, spoke things into me and invested into me, even when I was just a punk teenager playing guitar, like too loud, like in, in the band, you know, and, but, um, I do remember in the church that I grew up in, in, there was a, a, a value of prayer. And when we'd have events, um, like whenever we'd have like say kids camp or, you know, youth group camp, which we like had some pretty awesome ones, but, um, one of the things I learned over time is they would bring like a prayer team. Um, so like our, our church growing up had like a, an awesome week long kids camp, right? But they would bring people along that were just people who were passionate about prayer and just every day, even though there were things that needed done, you know, um, there were, you know, I don't know, you know, say a couple hundred kids to feed and take care of, right? But they still had those people just like come and they were just there and would just pray in a room for five days for all of those kids. Um, and you know, some of the youth camps I had, there were teams and whole prayer teams and, um, man, there were so many, so many examples I know of my life. Um, even my high school, um, Bible study, you know, there was a church that was praying. Actually, we met Friday mornings, before school and we found out that there was a church near our high school that was also meeting and praying for the high school on Friday mornings at the same time. And we didn't even know it, Hmm. you know? So, um, I think, you know, it does, yeah, it connects. And, um, sometimes those people weren't necessarily even just praying for me, but for, you know, just for the next generation and stuff. And they didn't know that it was going to impact me and I wouldn't probably be, right here without it. Mike, this is something you're really good at. What both of them talked about, you know, you were really good at giving people your attention and giving people your time. And uh, I think many of us uh, have been affected by that at different times. And this is something that, you know, if we're not careful on a a Father's Day, on a, a, 
you know, day we celebrate parents and all of that, we can uh, minimize the role that people who aren't bi- don't have biological children. It's all of us. Uh, each and every one of us could sit up here and list person after person after person that we're not biologically related to that have impacted our spiritual growth. Older and younger. You might come to church and you're like, well, I don't know any of those people. Well, get to know them. You have something to offer them. You don't be like, I don't have like a Bible, Bible degree or I don't, that doesn't matter. You have life experience and, and God has put you in a place. And I don't believe God positions anyone by accident. God puts you in a church and in a place that the ripples of your life can affect others. That's why he puts you in close proximity to those people. It's not an accident. It's not being cocky or arrogant like you've got it all figured out, but it's being willing to say, you know what? I wanna start praying for that person. I wanna look for opportunities to help that person succeed. This is the beauty of the church. It's not us jockeying for power and authority and position. It's us saying, I wanna help serve that person and help them become a better picture of who God made them. And when we can take that approach, it's beautiful. When we're not, you know, those young kids, they do, do this or that, or those old people never figure this out. When we take that posture, we've missed the point. And one of the greatest roles we play in someone else's life is being willing to cheer them on, to support them, and, and first and foremost, to pray for them. And, and today, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap up here. And what I wanna do as we kind of close is I wanna take a, take a moment to pray. And, and we're not gonna pray like I'm gonna just pray and you guys close your eyes and I want you to be part of this. We're gonna pray. And here's what I want you to pray for. I want you to pray for someone in your life. Maybe it's your kids, if you have kids or your grandkids. Maybe it's someone in your life at work, in your neighborhood, that God puts on your heart. Because the greatest role any, any one of us will ever play in someone's life is praying for them. And, and I don't ever wanna minimize that because there's such power in prayer. You don't understand the miracles that God can do in someone's life just through prayer. Whether it's just them being sick and God healing them or, or God putting people in their lives and, and seeing uh, amazing things happen. I, I'll tell you for, for my life, I have seen God do miracles in people's lives that I would say, man, that person, there is absolutely no way that person ever come into Jesus. Like, Everything is saying that's not possible. It's impossible. And yet it happens because someone's praying. You don't know what God is doing in the spiritual realm. You don't know what God is orchestrating behind the scenes. God works both ends. And it starts with us being willing to pray. And, and what we want to do before we go is I want to take a moment for us to, each and individually to pray for someone. Maybe it's, one of your, maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your grandchildren. But, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's that coworker. Maybe it's that neighbor Maybe it's that boss. Maybe it's uh, someone that, that God puts on your heart. Because the greatest role you're gonna play in that person's life isn't the wisdom you're gonna share, the answer to their problems that you're gonna give them, or giving them 20 bucks to help them buy lunch. The greatest role you will play in anyone's life is praying for them. Taking a moment to pray for them. And I know our, our kind of uh, stock answer to people is I'll be praying for you. Can I challenge you in those moments if it's appropriate? Don't just say, I'm praying for you. Take a minute and actually pray for them. Because we all know, for the, every time you've said, hey, I'll pray for you, how many times you've actually prayed for them? 
how many times have you actually taken time to pray for them? Don't just say it. Actually take a moment right there and pray with them. It might be in the middle of Target. I promise you, no one's gonna like come yell at you or throw anything at you if you're praying. It might be, you know, in the middle of Applebee's or Eaton Park. It's okay, you don't have to like call fire down from heaven right there in Eaton Park. They have, they have stoves, they're good. <laughs> you can quietly pray with them. Like, that's the greatest, one of the most important roles. And I promise you, that's the most important role so many have played in your life. Now let's take an opportunity to do that in someone else's life. So would you bow your heads with me and I'm gonna pray, but I'm gonna ask you to pray. I want you to pray. Even if for those online watching in the shelter, like I want you to pray for someone in your life, whether it be your kids or someone else. Because the greatest role you're gonna play in their life is to pray for them. So let's take a minute and pray. God, I thank you for all that you're doing. God, I thank you have given us as your children, as your sons and your daughters. You have given us access to the throne room of heaven. You have given us access to the authority and power of God. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now for those we're praying for. God, I pray that our words are not empty, that just as we sang earlier, that we would speak Jesus over them, that we would speak the power of God over them, Lord, that the miraculous would be released in our words. Not that it's our words, God, it's us tapping into what you have said and promised. God, I pray for our children, for our grandchildren, I pray for our neighbors, for our coworkers, for our bosses, for our teachers. I pray, Lord, for that person you've put on our heart right now. God, that you would begin to move in their heart, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would stir in them and you would stir in us, Lord, a, a greater level of faith and belief in what you can do through prayer. God, I pray you would help us this week. Guys, we go throughout our regular schedules and busyness and, and go, 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 go. I pray, Lord, you would help us to take time to pause and to pray for people. Though you would give us opportunities, open doors to pause and to pray for people. Lord, even in the most unexpected places, maybe on the sidewalk, maybe in the grocery store, maybe in a restaurant, maybe, maybe at the gas station, Lord, maybe, uh, Lord, in our, in our cubicle at work or in our office, Lord. God, God, help us to be willing to push the pause button on our busy schedule and to pray for people, to play this such significant role in someone's life, to pray for them. Lord, let us not look, let, let our age be that, 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 that factor that keeps us from doing that. Whether it's young or old, God, let us be willing to step out in faith and to pray for people and to play that role. And Lord, let us step back and watch the miraculous take place unfold. You, God, answer those prayers. God, I thank you for what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, rest on us, fill us, empower us. Let us be agents of change, catalysts for change in our world. As we carry, Lord, not simply our belief, not that we just carry our, our, our strong feelings or opinions, but God, that we carry the power of God with us everywhere we go. Lord, as we walk out of this place, we carry the power of God. Let us be willing to release the power of God in others' lives. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. 
On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 